Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to your Monday, October 19th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. With another weekend gone by, it means we're another weekend closer to the NHL season. When is that date, you ask? Well, we don't know that yet. Uh, the league has circled January 1st as the projected date they'd like to start the 2021 season. We'll see if they can keep to that timetable. Uh, perhaps uh, some speculating that it could be maybe mid-January when uh, the league would get back underway. Uh, but we know Gary Bettman and the NHL love the day of January 1st and New Year's Day, uh, a date which they have taken over on the sports calendar by way of the Winter Classic for many years now. So we'll see if the, not that they're gonna ha- going to have an outdoor game, but we'll see if the NHL can get back on the ice coming up on January 1st for the 2021 season. And if that also is an 82-game season, is it a shortened season? We shall see. A lot to go through. Heard an interview last week with uh, the Deputy Commissioner of the NHL, Bill Daly, uh, talking about all the variations and all the different elements that will go into that decision. Uh, Nothing concrete yet because it's still a ways off for the NHL. Um, And like they did when determining their hub cities, which they ultimately decided on Toronto and Edmonton, they're going to make that some of these decisions as late as possible based on the most recent information data and uh, trends that they have on everything having to do with the pandemic. And obviously a big part of that is the want and uh, the ability to have fans back in the seats at NHL games, maybe limited to start and hopefully on a trajectory to full buildings once again, at least for the Stanley Cup playoffs coming up next year. So uh, we'll see how that plays out, but we are getting closer to the return of the NHL. It's only been a couple of weeks since the Cup was handed out, but already it feels like an eternity ago. The NHL offseason has been uh, underway. The draft is in the books. Free agency has begun, and what an interesting free agency season it has been so far. The, the value on forwards in free agency has fallen off a cliff. <laughs> it's amazing in a flat cap world, and then you couple that with a looming expansion draft. The short-term deal has been uh, a tool that GMs have looked at quite a bit in the this free agency period, and even in the trade market, looking for contracts where you have the player under control for one year, and then you can move on. So we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Still some pretty good players out there available, including Mike Hoffman here at the time of taping. And they're talking about a 30-goal score, 70-point guy in, I think, 69 games last year. Um, still is not signed with the team. Why is that? you got to ask yourself some questions why that is. Is he asking for too much money? Does he hope the market's going to return? Maybe not in this circumstance. Uh, does he not like the term that he's being offered with the AAV he's being offered? Is there some other reason behind the scenes, locker room, coaching issue? No idea. Um but interesting that Mike Hoffman is still available. Uh, one of the players that the Flyers needed to get locked up uh, was an RFA uh, coming into this offseason was Nolan Patrick. And boy, what a tricky contract. We've talked about that here on Flyers Daily. Flyers center Nolan Patrick didn't play a single shift last year. Had a couple of 13-goal seasons in year one and year two. Hasn't put together A, a, a healthy full season yet, and B, a, a full season where he's played well. He's had good second halves in both of his first two seasons, and then obviously this year with the migraine disorder and issues, missing the entire season. 
uh, but he did accept the Flyers' qualifying offer for the 2020-21 season uh, with an average annual value of $874,125. So, Nolan Patrick, that deal is done. Flyers still have to get the RFA contract of their big defenseman, Phil Myers, done. Don't anticipate that being a problem. And when you look at the salary cap situation for the Flyers right now, remember cap hit, or excuse me, the cap is at $81.5 million flat cap from last year to this year. Right now, the Flyers' project, projected cap space is $4.811 million. Uh, so the, the amount that they have spent right now is $76,688,852. So uh, just a little less than, than $5 million right now available for the Flyers. They'll have plenty of room to get that deal done with Phil Myers. And like Chuck Fletcher said, and you're going to hear from him in just a moment, he had an availability on Friday about what the, the market is like right now and what this market is like in compared to years past. And he, and he mentions in this availability what he did with the media on Friday just how hard it is to move money. And look, it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out because we've been saying it here on Flyers Daily forever. In a flat cap world, when every team was planning for the cap to go from $81.5 million on March 1st to 88, perhaps 88, 88, 5 next year, and you're planning your contracts, you're planning your what you take care of at the trade deadline, all of those things, based on the expectation that the cap could go up as much as $7.5 million, and then all of a sudden the cap is not going up because of the pandemic, and nobody had the foresight to know that. So it's been a very uh, difficult situation to move money, and rightfully so. We'll see how that plays out. But let's get to the availability of Flyers general manager Chuck Fletcher. He had a chance to meet with the media on Friday, and here's what he had to say. Uh, are you guys still trying to add a defenseman, or, or do you look at uh, Eric Gustafson as the final piece? And uh, as a follow-up, do you think he has the capability of playing on the first pair, first pairing? Uh, you know, I think we're still actively talking to teams and, and agents to see what may be out there. Uh, we do have a little bit of cap sp uh, space left. Um, we're focusing on trying to re-sign, uh, you know, Phil Myers and, and Nolan Patrick. And and uh, so we, I mean, we we can certainly start the year the way we are now. If there's a way to improve our team, uh, we'll continue to look at, at ways. So uh, with respect to the second question, uh, second part of your question, certainly, um, yeah, that'll be up to the coaches where, where Eric plays. A couple seasons ago, he played uh, very well on the right side with uh, Duncan Keith. Uh, last year, he played uh, with Connor Murphy and then with Derek Forbert once he got to, to Calgary. But so he, he's been used in different situations. You know, we think his skill set meshes really well with what we need. We think we have a lot of strong defenders on our team, and we're very uh, structured defensively as a group. And and his skill set, his ability to go back for pucks and, and make good decisions and, and transition the puck up the ice, uh, we thought was very, uh, was a very important element to add to our group. Hi, Chuck. Uh, sometimes when, when you acquire a player, I'm thinking like Matt Niskanen, you acquire him kind of having a pretty good idea of exactly where he fit in the lineup and from a role standpoint. With Gustafson, do you have an idea of, you know, what his role is going to be? Or is that, is it was this more a case of, adding a talented guy and letting the coaches figure that out. Yeah. As I, as I mentioned, when uh, we spoke about Matt Niskanen, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, it's going to be very difficult to replace, replace Matt Niskanen. And, you know, I think he was, there wasn't a defenseman in our opinion uh, 
in the marketplace that was anywhere near as complete to players Matt Niskanen, with the obvious exception of Petrangelo. Uh, you know, so whoever we were going to bring in uh, was not going to fill same uh, the same role or have the same stylistic fit that that Matt did. So we, you know, essentially we were able to bring back Justin Braun uh, on a two-year deal. Uh, Justin, in our opinion, is an elite penalty killer and has that ability to defend and, and help shut down in, in certain situations. And and Eric is a is a player that is. Uh, at least the last three seasons has had a high-end impact on offense uh, at five on five. I think he's of all the defensemen in the game. I think he's tenth at uh, even strength points per sixty over the last three seasons, which is a remarkable number. Uh, he has tremendous deception at the puck, tremendous poise. Uh, we don't have a defenseman that sees the ice like he does. Uh, he can play on the power play, obviously. So, you know, it's it's a, a different type of skill set than than Matt certainly, but. Uh, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, there wasn't going to be that ability to, to replace Matt per se with the same stylistic. Yeah, you, you mentioned you're uh, negotiating uh, back in specific uh, with Myers and Patrick. Uh, would you characterize it as progress being made? And uh, and as a foul, uh, I know Patrick was in a scrimmage yesterday. Did you get any update on, on how he did in that scrimmage? Uh, I did not. I did not get an update on, on how he did in the scrimmage. Uh, you know, Jim McCroxon keeps in uh, constant communication with him, and, and I speak to him probably every two to three weeks just to see how he's doing. Uh, but no, no, uh, uh, you know, certainly no negative news or anything like that. And, and you know, we've just uh, we've spoken with the with the agents for for both Phil and and uh, Nolan, and you know, hopefully in the near future we'll have something done. Uh, yeah, Chuck. Um... Eric Gustafson and Shane Gossespierre bring a lot of the same skill set. Both are power play guys, move the puck, you know, jump jump up on the play. Would you be comfortable in a situation where both uh, Goss and Ghost are in, you know, in a starting lineup? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're both real good players. I, I'm not sure stylistically they are uh, as similar maybe as you make it seem. I, I think, um, Again, Gustafson's got just tremendous deception and, and vision, and uh, I think he generates off, offense a little bit differently than Ghost. Ghost has got probably the best shot of anybody on our team. Uh, Phil Myers has the velocity, maybe, but right now I'd, I'd say Gossespierre has the, you know, is a is an elite shooter. So I think they're a little bit different. Um, uh, they both are better offensively than defensively, probably, but I think both of them actually defend pretty well. So, uh, you know, I. Why not? Uh, you know, I think uh, Provorov's elite defensively. Sanheim and Myers, in my opinion, will become elite shutdown defensemen in this league. And, and Justin Braun is elite defender. Hag is a, is a good defender. Um, so why not have a couple guys that can uh, can spring your offense? I mean, I, if we can defend less, uh, that would be a great thing. Chuck, uh, obviously, you know, you mentioned you're still talking with agents, you're still talking with teams, and the offseason isn't necessarily over, but should fans kind of expect that the the busy part of the offseason is, is finished and this more or less is the roster that you guys are going to start next season with? Well, I, I can't speak for, for you or for, or for the fans, but, you know, certainly, you know, who knows? We'll see. It's uh, This is a different offseason than I've ever seen. Um, there's... Uh, a, uh, a high, high number of um, high salary players available, uh, which probably is, hasn't happened to this extent before. Uh, we're entering a, a fascinating time, the, the flat cap era. And uh, it's, um, 
as crazy as, as it is right now out there, I think next summer could even be worse in terms of having some paralysis in the market, really just with too many teams having to move money. So it's going to be interesting to see how things get resolved here over the next little while for certain teams. I think we've been extremely, um, extremely cognizant of, of the flat cap and all the decisions we've made. And, uh, you know, we have some players that young players that we certainly want to resign over the next two off seasons. And, and uh, I think everything we've done is, has certainly been trying to improve our team in the present, but also with an eye towards the future. And I think it, uh, it's going to be more and more difficult to, to move money. Um, we're already starting to see some trades where uh, the value of the player has been diminished substantially. And, and clearly we're seeing a time in the NHL right now where cap space, cap space and flexibility are, are more important than actual players. Yeah, hi Chuck. Just sort of as a follow up to that, you know, you saw Taylor Hall take the the short term contract in Buffalo. Is that something that you would be amenable to? I know cap space is so valuable, but is there a trade off there where you would trade one year of cap space if it meant bringing in a guy who's still available on the market that can help you, especially maybe up front? I think that's the preferred approach, Adam, in, in this environment because it, obviously one year deal allows you to to, to have that cap. Uh, cap space uh, open up again the next off season so you can reallocate it or refine the player or whatever. I, I think it having flexibility is so important right now. Um, you know, our, our team, I think we got a pretty good uh, look at it last year about how unpredictable things can be, how things can change, um, how things that you don't expect to happen can happen. And, and so you don't know where you're going to be in a year. And we certainly are aware of the players that we need to resign and the players that we'd like to resign and how we want to build our team. So, you know, flexibility is, is everything. And, and uh, you know, I think basically every move we've made this offseason has been, again, with making our team better for the, for the 2021 season, but also uh, maintaining as much flexibility as possible going forward. Hi, Chuck. Thanks for doing this. I was just wondering, um, how high are you and your staff on Linus Sandin? And do you really value him almost as an off-season acquisition that just happened to come months and months ago? Yeah, not just not just Linus. Uh, certainly Wade Allison and Tanner Lazinski. And, and then last year, of course, we added a, a bunch of, uh, of young players that were first-year pros. And, and uh, so we have a an awful lot of forwards uh, in our system that can compete for spots and have probably, uh, you know, have, have earned the opportunity to compete for spots. Now, whether they'll be ready, uh, time will tell, but uh, certainly over the next uh, season or two, I think we can have a, a lot of players that, uh, you know, we'll, a lot of young players that will push for, for spots on our team. But, you know, Linus is uh, he's a mature player. Uh, you know, he's, de he's developed in, in, in Sweden, and he's a good player already in Sweden. He has a lot of pro experience. So, you know, he, he's a player that, uh, you know, should certainly have a much shorter runway than, than the typical 20-year-old kids that you're bringing in. Yeah, as a follow-up to that, uh, are those young prospects uh, maybe a reason you will not pursue uh, a free agent uh, forward? There, there are a lot of 20 uh Goal scorers that, as you mentioned, are still available. But have you closed the door on them, and you're going to lean on those kids to and give them a spot? Well, I haven't closed the door on anything, but I, you know, maybe I like our forward group uh, more than you do, Sam, or or some other people. But I, I think we are we're really deep on the wing. I think we're as deep as any team on the on the wing, and 
And uh, so anybody you bring in has to be an upgrade on what you have, and there has to be a fit in, in the roster. But, uh, you know, as I said last week, and I said even before then, I think our forward group right now is more talented and, and deeper than what it was at any point last year. And and I think that we have pretty good depth on defense now, and, and we have good depth in goals. So we have a good team. Uh, you could always make it better, and we'll, and we'll continue to, to find ways to make it better. But, you know, uh, we have, we have a pretty strong group of forwards, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, it's, I just wanted to ask you about that when you signed Gustafson, how much did next year's expansion draft uh, have to play in that decision? And and will it does it have a, a big is it a big factor on the coming weeks if you do sign somebody else or add somebody else? No, no, I don't think it had a, a big impact at all. I mean, the most important thing is to improve your team for this season and and maybe as important as making sure you maintain salary cap flexibility for the off seasons of 21 and 22. And, and um, I, I don't, I'll, I'll just keep repeating this and, and, and hopefully uh, everybody will recognize how, how much importance we're putting into that. Uh, we have a lot of big decisions to make over the next uh, couple off seasons. And, and we have some players that will be in line for substantial pay increases. If you go back to last summer, we signed Kevin Hayes. If you go back to the summer before that, we signed James Van Riemsdyk. And I, I think as an organization, there's only so many um, multi-year uh, contracts you can either acquire via trade or sign in free agency uh, with AAVs of five, six, seven, eight, nine million. There's there's just a limit in a flat cap era, and and. Um, I mean, everybody has the ability to go to cap friendly and, and look, and but you know it is very difficult to move money right now. Um, you know, it, it's only going to get harder, in my opinion. And, and, and salary cap flexibility is certainly a one B to to the one A, which is improving our team for next year. The expansion draft is something we can we can figure out and work around. We're in good shape now, and but uh, that's not a, a major part of our decision. Um, yeah, Chuck, it sounds like the ECHL's timetable is ahead of the AHL's and when they're aiming to start the season, when they think it might be realistic. So is that a uh, possible destination for some of your ELC guys who are not on loan, the Isaac Ratcliffe kind of players, potentially send them to Reading until the AHL might be ready to start? I guess I take all these start dates with a grain of salt. Um, you know, we've seen league start and then stop. Um so I mean, I mean, we'll we'll have to work through that. I'm sure we'll get some guidance from the NHL at, at some point as to what we can do from a development uh, standpoint. Uh, but you know, and I'm not sure that again that the reported start dates for for various leagues, uh, you know, they, that they're that they're set in stone. Let's put it that way. I think there's still a lot of things that can happen, and and uh, we're going to have to stay pretty nimble in how we respond. Hi, Chuck. Uh, will the absence of a rookie camp uh, make it more challenging to evaluate some of these young guys, or do you feel that uh, you'll have enough time during the regular camp? Yeah, it's, it's a great point. Um, and we don't know how long regular training camp will be and and how many um, preseason games we'll have. So it, it, it's going to probably be more difficult uh, more difficult than, the, than usual to evaluate young players. Uh, but, you know, like in any training camp, you, you often start a certain way and then you know, you make adjustments as player performance dictates uh, dictates changes. So uh, I don't think that part will change, but uh, certainly there will be uh, less time for players to impress. 
We'll see what uh, kind of contract the Flyers get done for Phil Myers, who is a restricted free agent. Last year, if you recall, Flyers that were dealing with three restricted free agents. Travis Sanheim, who signed that bridge contract, he's got one more year at $3.25 million, and he'll be a restricted free agent after next season. Ivan Provorov, who's got five more years left on his new deal uh, at $6.75 AAV, and then Travis Konechny was another guy who was an RFA last year, and he signed the uh, big six-year contract as well with an AAV of $5.5 million. So we'll see what Phil Myers gets, uh, an undrafted player in the NHL, but he has really announced his arrival as a player. Keep an eye on that, and uh, we'll see if uh, any of these smoke uh, embers become a fire in regards to uh, some trades. There's still a lot of chatter out there about players being available. Flyers uh, rumored to be in the mix for some of these players from some pretty some pretty credible sources. Uh, so we'll be keeping an eye on that as well. But everybody, thanks for listening to Flyers Daily, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday's episode. Have a great day.